I was going to say, let's back up for a bit because not everybody listening may know what we mean when we say rhythms. The seasons are rhythms. God has given us so many rhythms in our life. Our fertility comes in rhythms every single month. What are some more, Joanna? I mean, each day has its own rhythm. You know, as I was thinking about this episode, I thought, well, my days are meant to have rhythm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then our weeks have a rhythm, right? You have your Sunday, your weekend, yeah. the weekday. Yeah, you know, rhythm is anything that is sort of that repetitive process, that cycle. Hi, welcome to Wild and Beautiful. We're Joanna Hyatt and Lauren Enriquez, your co-hosts who every week are helping you live out your faith in a way that's biblically rooted, but culturally relevant. I was going to say the thing I love about Costco is that you can return anything, anytime. Didn't it not used to be like that? Because I just remember like 10 years ago having, being like, I'm not even going to return this thing to Costco because they're not going to take it. I don't know. I wasn't shopping at Costco 10 years ago. <laughs> well, you weren't because you grew up in a big family. I grew up in a big family, but I didn't do the returns. That was mom's job. Oh, yeah. Okay. And then I went to college and you don't return anything because you're like starving. I will eat this. It's fine. I'm not going to drive to wherever. No, it's great now where you're just, and you don't even have to have a receipt. That's my favorite part. That's amazing. I roll up and I say, hi, at some point I purchased this. It's not working for us. And they, Mm -hmm. and there it is. It's so nice. That's a good point. You know what? Actually, now that you say that my neighbor got like a hot tub at Costco. You know, like big purchase. I think it was like $7,000 hot tub. And like seven years later, it needed to be serviced because like one of the parts stopped working. And so she called them and she's like, I'm just trying to reach like the manufacturer. I need this new part. Like the thing stopped working. And they were like, oh, just have someone get it out by your curb. We'll pick it up and we'll refund the full amount that you paid for the hot tub. And she just (laughs) needed one part. Yeah. So she got seven years of use out of this hot tub and then got all her money back because Costco is apparently awesome. So, But, but then they had, she had to drag the, the hot tub out to the curve. Yeah. I, or maybe maybe they did that for her, but I That's think impressive. she had to get it out there. The way she told it, it was a story that had a very Listen, happy It's ending. impressive that they would take anything after seven years yeah. that you've Especially come pick it up from of. your house. Yeah. Costco. So so now in our episodes, we have advertised Chick-fil-A and Costco. Neither of which are endorsing us yet. But yet. you know what? It's okay. Yet is the key word Yet here. is the key word. Someday we're going to be sitting in a hot tub eating chicken recording our episode. It's <laughs> got inappropriate real fast. Okay. Uh, today, <laughs> what are we talking about? <laughs> Rhythms. 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 Yeah. I'm excited about this one because I'm type A and all of life is a rhythm. Yes. (laughs) Okay. So are you like me where you will have a, you will add something to your to-do list just to cross it off? Are there people who are not like that? Yeah, there are, believe it or not. So yes. And do you look forward to the new year so that you can like reassess your schedule and make all your new goals? Mainly so I can get a new day planner journal. Let's be oh honest. yeah! I just 100%. am pumped about the new pens, the new notebook, yes. the clean pages that my children have not yet scribbled all over. 
I have to say one of the reasons that I take Advent really seriously is because Advent is the new year in the liturgical calendar. Mm. And I just jump at the opportunity to have two different new years. Uh, What planner do you use? Well, I'm trying bullet journaling. Oh, cool. So I tried to pick it up last year and then kind of fell off the wagon with it. And then I went and read the book because this is just this. Okay. This is how I operate. Like I'm going to try a new thing. I'm not going to read the book. I'm not going to read the instruction manual. I'm sure I can figure this out. And then I'm dissatisfied. I'm like, this is a terrible idea. It's not working. And I realized maybe because I don't know how it's supposed to go. And so I finally went and checked out the book and skimmed through it, got the basic points of bullet journaling. I'm trying it again because I'm one of those people that will have Evernote. I will mm-hmm. have random little post-it notes and like scraps of paper, yeah. and then I'll have a regular note. And I I need everything in one place. I need my yeah. menu planning. I need random ideas I have. I need the kids' schedule. And so I'm trying bullet journaling where it's just a blank notebook, and you fill it in and mm-hmm. categorize accordingly. And then I also have my Google Calendar. And those two together, I'm going to see if – that's the secret sauce. And it's just like this magical year of relaxed effectiveness. I love that. I'm so here for all the journaling ideas. I want an update on the bullet journaling because I'm interested, but I'm not ready to commit. So (laughs) we'll have a whole episode (laughs) on how Jesus is, was for bullet journaling. (laughs) There you go. I mean, I can see that in our future. I have not found a planner that fits my extraordinary list of preferences. (laughs) I only want certain line spacing. Mm -hmm. I only want the spine to open a certain way. I only want the certain pens to look just right on the paper and like glide correctly. It's like very OCD high maintenance. (laughs) I mean, maybe. So I always have like, just a notebook that I use to write everything in. And then I have Google Calendar like you do. But for as organized as I think I am in my head, everything is all over the place in real life. So which tell me how your bullet journal. I will goes. tell you. Well, but that, I, that again, this relates to why we're talking about rhythms, because we're recording this at near the beginning of the year. And that is usually when people are like, let's let's reset. Let's see what worked. Yes. And so I love that you have a notebook that constantly leaves you unsatisfied with the paper and the pen combination, I'm sure. Uh, but we'll, we'll, goals, goals for this year. But Hold on, hold on. Yes. What what pen do you use? Oh, my Lanta. No, it's like a... My, I have found a, pa- a favorite pen, and it's the Bic Gelosity pen. Is it black and like gel? Like, I like inky. I don't like ballpoint yes. pens. I like inky. It's okay, yes. good. We're on the same page. It writes like thick. I like colors, but let's be honest... That I fall off the bandwagon on the color thing quickly. Yeah, me too. Well, and then my kids take them. Always take them. Yeah. Always take them. They eat them. Maybe just my kids. Uh, <laughs> nope. That's, yeah. So my but, toilet seat is currently colored. Oh, that's pretty. Yeah. Bathroom art. Uh, I was going to say, let's back up for a bit because not everybody listening may know what we mean when we say rhythms. The seasons our rhythms. God has given us so many rhythms in our life. Our fertility comes in rhythms every single month. What are some more, Joanna? I mean, each day has its own rhythm. You know, as I was thinking Mm -hmm. about this episode, I thought, well, my days are meant to have rhythm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then our weeks have a rhythm, right? You have your Sunday, your weekend, the the weekday, you know, rhythm is anything that is sort of that repetitive process, that cycle 
I was even thinking with my kids, I was baking a birthday cake for one of them. Like, there's a rhythm in just, not just the seasons of a year, fall, spring, winter, but each of our own lives have different little rhythms within that. You know, mm-hmm. the, you might have a month that has a lot of birthdays. And so, you know, hey, this is how I'm going to prep. Or you just know that every fall you prep for Christmas cards and gifts. Yeah. And then, of course, the liturgical calendar brings in rhythms for all of us. You've got Advent and Lent and Easter. Uh, and so being able, you know, depending on the country you're living in, too, I would yeah. say, what are some of the rhythms? You've got major holidays that matter based on that on that country that don't matter to anybody else. Uh, or I remember I was speaking in Canada and they, their Thanksgiving is a totally different month from ours. And so it was funny to think, oh yeah, they have Thanksgiving, but it's not the same way ours is. And yet mm-hmm. if you're in the United States, like every November is Thanksgiving and Thanksgiving sort of kicks off like boom, actually at Halloween, let's be honest, but Thanksgiving mm-hmm. kicks off and then you, you roll right into Advent and Christmas and New Year and then the depressing month of February and then you <laughs> pick right back up again. So- there's intentional rhythms. And then there's the rhythms that I think we don't realize that they're rhythms, but like when you fall, you know, into rough spots with your spouse, like there's mm-hmm. actually a rhythm in that. You can't always ride, ride the rainbow. God is the only one who doesn't change, mm-hmm. but he made mm-hmm. us changing on purpose. I mean, that's the nature of being alive and mortal is constant mm-hmm. change. I think it was kind of a mercy that he gave us this constant change in cycles, though, because it also teaches us how our relationship with him as flawed, sinful, mortal, changing creatures can be maintained. We don't sin one time and then all hope is lost. You know, we have this rhythm in our relationship with him where we do our best and we try and we fall And he welcomes us back into his arms again. And then we start the whole process over. And that's, yes, it's kind of a bug in the system because the fall, the original fall of Adam and Eve was not ideal, but also it's the way that God knew that we were going to function until forever, until eternity. So I think it was kind of a mercy from him to not just make us go through this constantly changing life with no sense Mm. of what's coming around the corner or no ability to prepare for tomorrow. We kind of have some sense of rhythm. And if you know that that is the rhythm of a relationship with God, then you can be prepared for those seasons that feel like a desert or you are struggling with a particular sin more to say, oh, like there's actually nothing wrong with me. This is the rhythm of a spiritual relationship. Yes. And knowing I will also enter a season where I feel a closeness um, or yes. where I am just living in the power of the Holy Spirit far better uh, than I am in this you know, season over here. And you see that even mirrored in the actual seasons, right? That there's a se- period of of deadness and barrenness. Mm. And then you see the spring and then it's a bursting forward and and, and then there's a ripening and then it kind of all falls. And I think, oh, you're so right to say that that is actually a mercy to know this is the cycle of life and it's 365 days. It's a lifetime. It's a week, but to know that this is the ebb and flow, that there is always Mm -hmm. death and rebirth helps us be able to walk through those dark periods uh, rather than say, well, this is all of life. And I guess there's no hope. 
And I think sometimes the most profound in my spiritual life, when I go through those dry desert periods, I like to think that that's when most of the growth is happening Mm. because that's when I have to make more of a conscious effort to pray Mm -hmm. or to bring myself close to God, knowing that he never leaves us, no matter how we feel in terms of the barrenness of our prayer life. He's always just as close to us as ever. But to have to make that effort on my own part, I think that that is that in itself is a mercy from God. He's giving us an opportunity to leave that period of consolation and come into that period where you have to grow in order to maintain the relationship. And then when you have that period of fruitfulness or a deepened relationship with God where you're in your emotions, positive emotions are more involved, just to have this sense of gratitude that he has given you a period to renew your hope and renew your joy before that next season of barrenness comes along. So He's all so of merciful. life, he is so merciful. He is, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I get, sometimes I get teary and my girl's like, why are you crying? I'm like, God's so good. Okay, mommy. <laughs> but I was thinking that, you know, so rhythm is a part of life and it happens But then there's also an aspect of it where we can either intentionally engage with the rhythm and kind of maximize the effectiveness or the impact of that rhythm uh, or, or even guide and direct the rhythm, or we just sort of get swept along with it. So Mm. it's either accidental or intentional. You you can't stop the seasons. Of course, you cannot say like, yeah, I'm not done with spring. I really need to hold off summer. It just happens. It happens (laughs) as nice as that would be. I cried a little when the first snowfall hit for winter, but it is what Mm. it is. Like it's coming and I can either embrace it and then shift in, in the, um, like what the rhythms are in our home around that or resist it. But I think even for our day-to-day life, if we're not intentional about the rhythms in which we are engaged. So everybody, you have rhythms, whether you think you do or not. If you are like Mm -hmm. a free-spirited, I just fly by the seat of my pants. Like, I, you know, I don't want that rigidity of a rhythm. No, you have rhythms. Like they, they are happening. Uh, and so you can either be intentional in that about where, where am I going in the, with this rhythm? Who is it developing me into? Or it's accidental. Uh, it's like that, uh, what is it? The Cheshire Cat in Alice in Wonderland. He asks Alice, like, where are you going? Where are you trying to go? And she's like, I don't know. Uh, and he says, if you don't know, you'll basically end up anywhere. I've butchered the quote. But mm. the idea is like, if you don't have a clear destination in mind, you will end up somewhere, but it may not mm. be where you actually wanted to go. And so the rhythms that are happening in our life can be just something that carries us along or something that we are involved with to actively get us where we're trying to go. So true. And I like that you mentioned the intentionality of rhythms. Yeah, I feel like that word is so overused, intentional. I'm going to be intentional, but this is a really a case where intentionality makes or breaks your... Do you want to define intentional? Maybe we should define intentional because it's overused. Purposeful? Like Purposeful. You, yeah. you, you are saying, I know that this thing happens and I'm going to use it well. Yes. Yeah. And I, I think that's kind of the quote unquote secret of living a holy life. It's also, you know, the unkept, the well-known secret of everyone that's successful in life is that you don't just let life happen to mm-hmm. you. 
You have control over your, your actions and your reactions, your responses to things. And our rhythms are where so much of life happens, our habits. Maybe we can use those interchangeably for a minute. Our habits are where so much of life happens. You and I were reading this great book recommended to us by our friend, Alison Centifante. What is it called again? Habit of the Household. household. Mm -hmm. Okay. By Jonathan Whitmill Early. And he has this great quote. He was talking about the monastic rule of life. And he was talking about how the monastics used their habits as kind of the mechanism of growing closer to God. It's not in these like one-off acts of heroic virtue necessarily that you're growing closer to God. It's in those daily repetitions of yes, fiat. Yes, I will do your will. Yes, I will engage in repetitive actions that show my fidelity to you. And he had this quote, it said, these communities realized that if they didn't shape their trellis of habit, the world would shape one for Mm. them. They were saying, if we don't have radical habits to conform us, we will end up conforming to the communal patterns of the world around us. And that's what I mean by intentionality. That, as Joanna said, if that you have rhythms, regardless of how uh, free-spirited you are, you are living by rhythms. The question is, how much of those are intentionally chosen? And how many of them are just reacting to what is happening around you, conforming to whatever the cultural zeitgeist or pop culture is telling you is the correct thing to be doing? How much of those are actually shaped intentionally by you with a teleological and end-focused goal in mind. If my goal is to be with God forever in heaven, am I living my daily Mm. life in a way that reflects that? And I think so much of that living happens in our rhythms. Well, and that points out that there's actually a difference between, so not, not every rhythm is a good rhythm. So pivoting for these last few minutes together, let's kind of practically share some rhythms that you have that work, rhythms I have, resources, because I don't know about you, but I always love hearing just like, What are other people doing that might help me think a little bit differently about this to be more effective, more intentional, less OCD? Sure. So a few for for me, and everyone is different. Again, I don't want this to come across as you need to do this Mm -hmm. because it works for me. Some things that I found work for me to help me with my rhythms and kind of staying focused on my end goal is getting up early. I think this is a big one for moms. A lot Mm -hmm. of moms will say that once they started waking up early before their kids, it really reset kind of the trajectory of their day just to kind of take a beat and get their thoughts together before the kids are banging on pots and pans and asking for pancakes. Praying a morning offering is what I try to do the first thing when I wake up. Sometimes I'm so groggy that I don't remember until like 30 minutes later, but I have gotten in a good habit of doing that. And the morning offering I pray, it goes, Oh my Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer you my prayers, work joys and sufferings of this day in union with all the masses said throughout the world today for all the holy souls in purgatory and for sinners everywhere, especially those in my own home and in my family. It's a very Catholic morning offering. My Protestant brothers and sisters will probably have some (laughs) modifications there. It's okay. I'm sitting here thinking, I'm like, okay, okay, I can work with that with some adjustments. Yeah, yeah. but I, you know, I, I can hear the heart of it, and I get, I get the heart of it. It sounds like is to really offer it's up, to, Lord. yes. It's before anything happens in the day 
to offer it to him, leave it in his hands. It, it helps you to know, okay, I've placed everything in his hands. And then no matter what happens this day, I know that he has his hand on it. So that's the kind of idea of it. And then for me exercising, honestly, I don't know at this point whether I exercise for mental health or physical health. I'm pretty sure it's more psychological well-being, but I work out an hour a day and that is something that for me is an essential part of my rhythm. I feel like the aggression that I naturally carry in my personality gets gets itself worked out at the gym and I think my family is the better for it. So that's an important rhythm for me. And then just in terms of family bonding, I think there's really something to the old wisdom of trying to eat meals together, whether you can eat three meals a day together Mm -hmm. or one meal every other day, just really being intentional and trying to sit down. My temptation is always to feed the kids and let them eat while I'm listening to a podcast and folding laundry or something. But my husband, my Peruvian South American husband is really good about being like, no, Lauren, we need to sit down and spend time with him. And he, and he's so right. Some of the greatest things that happen, happen around the dinner table with the kids. So those are some things that kind of ground me. What about you, Joanna? I agree. You get up at like 4.30 though to make this possible, right? You know, uh-huh. On a good day. You do too. I try right? on a good day. It's harder in the winter. Yeah. Everyone right now just decided, well, we don't want to follow them. 4.30 sounds like awful time. But listen, we go to bed only at like 5 p.m. So it's fine. It's totally fine. Just kidding. 9.30, 10. She's only slightly exaggerating. <laughs> For me, I, I mean, I would agree like that morning time, I have just found it to be so essential. I don't know a single person that is kind and loving and gracious when a child is screaming them awake. Like it just, that's not an option on your phone is to even have a child crying as your alarm. So as a parent, that, that beat of quiet to say, what's this day about? And to make sure that God centers my heart and to take all the things that I'm stressed about or worried about, because as a woman, I wake up already thinking, uh, is, is essential to be able to just lay that and say can I worry about this? Should I worry about this? No. Like right now I have, you know, kids and breakfast and whatnot. So yeah, that quiet time to, to slowly acclimate to the world, to pray. And for me to get a little work done, uh, because I'm full-time momming these days, I'm not getting to full-time work in the sense that I don't have as many hours. And so I'm, I'm constricted to nap time while my, my older kids are at school. And so I try to get about a work, an hour or so of work done in the morning. That might be writing. That might be emailing. That might just be kind of letting my thoughts lazily go around, but just having that time. I have found that Ann Voskamp had a great way. She used to say it word in work out. So that exercise on the day I can do that, that's magic and then work the plan. And so in the morning, I usually get the word in and I figure out what the plan is for the day. And that has helped me not then stress in as much because I know, oh, I'm getting to that thing at this point. You know, when I was single and even married, and one of the rhythms that's been so key is that regular practice of being a part of a body of believers and going to a church and just the rhythm of you know, Sunday morning is for for me as a as an evangelical, that's church time. And and other times it's been Sunday evening, Saturday nights, but just like there's something about the weekend that really sets us apart. And it doesn't matter when you go to church. Uh, you go on a Tuesday at 6 a.m. But just that rhythm of when are you consistently setting that time aside to to gather with other people. And I think we've seen this last year and a half that community matters. Church can't just be done on a screen. You, you got to rub up against people that look different, that smell different, um, 
talk to him, whatever it is. I mean, we have a church that's downtown, so we get a, we get a good mix. And, oh, yeah. and so that rhythm has been so helpful because that really is what helped me stay the course through college and singleness and living in a big city and, and now trying to pass it on to my kids. I think there's other rhythms that come, you know, with, with just kind of the seasons. And so Christmas time, Advent time, you know, we, we read with the kids. There's, there's the fun rhythms like setting up a tree or preparing for Lent, which we'll be talking about here in this space is what, what does that rhythm look like? And so the spiritual rhythms uh, of, of kind of one, the liturgical calendar, which for those of us who are not raised Catholic, that may be a new concept for people of, of having that rhythm incorporated. But it's, it's pretty beautiful because it also gives you some direction in your spiritual walk. If you're kind of saying, man, this seems real one note. Well, guess what? Like you're entering Advent or now we're going into Lent or, but the, those rhythms and, and then also rhythms of work of saying sometime, like if, if I know I have a deadline, I'm going to take a, a chunk here and I'm going to ask for that chunk. I'm going to advocate for myself to say, I'm going to need to hire yeah. a babysitter or whatever, but also knowing like, Hey, I do phone calls on these days and I do writing on these times. Cause I've learned when I'm yeah. better to be creative, when I need to converse with people, a lot of phone calls happen in the car. Cause there's a lot of that. <laughs> I can confirm that this is true. Enriquez gets most of my phone calls in the car. Bluetooth with my children. Bluetooth connection. So, yep. Yeah, I mean, you know, with little little Spanish intervals yes, as I'm happening disciplining my children most likely or telling them <laughs> to stop touching each other. And then you know, I I think it to to encourage people that rhythms will change. Right? Like when you have when you are single, you have one set of rhythms. And then you somebody enters your life and you're married and that rhythm's different. And then if you have kids, and then if you're working and you have kids, I mean, the rhythms I've had when I've worked full time versus the rhythms I have when I do it, it's just, it's, it's in constant flux, but that's okay. And the kids are in mm-hmm. constant flux with their yeah. development. I mean, I feel like every couple months we start a new rhythm yeah. with toddlers and little ones, especially babies and toddlers. Yeah. You know, I feel like every two months it's a new schedule or a new skill, or now it's potty training and it really keeps you it on does. your toes and keeps you a little bit docile to the... <laughs> <laughs> the work of God in your life because you have to lean on him through some of those totally. phases, man. So some of the resources that I found helpful, and then you can chime in with yours. Mm-hmm. When I had really little kids and I was kind of starting to work again, there was a book called I Know How She Does It. And that was a book where um, the author interviewed women who make over a hundred thousand dollars. So that was the qualifier, right? They, they make over a hundred thousand dollars and they were supposed to catalog what they did with their 168 hours in a week. And the author, Laura Vanderkam showed that as many women as there are, there are different ways that they spend their time. And it was very refreshing to see that just practically of like, Oh, they work out here. They have family time. there. I love Uh, day in the life. Like, Oh my gosh, I could read them all day. Oh, she does. Oh, I'm going to take a, a page out of that book and a page out yeah. of this lady's book. And I read one one time where this lady was, she was asked, she was one of these very successful businesswomen entrepreneurs and she was asked if she cooks and her, she literally laughed at the interviewer. She's like, <laughs> no, I don't have time to cook. And I just thought it's so refreshing to see somebody acknowledge yes. that it's okay if you don't have time to cook, if that's not your priority, but she still found time to eat with her family. It was just like, whatever. She, she had a different method of getting food on the table. 
you may clean your house or you may say, I work and so I'm going to hire somebody else to clean. But but seeing how women do it may help spark some ideas about how you can do it or realize you don't have to do mm-hmm. all of it and, and that it's okay to let somebody else do some, some piece or just full on let yes. them go. And then another book I read that was more on the spiritual side of things called The Sacred Year by Michael Yankowski. Mm. All this will be in the show notes. It's, it's, it's a beautiful book on, I mean, it's told sort of kind of that memoir style, but really looking at like, what are some spiritual practices that you can fold into your life that help you to slow down, that help you to be a little bit more present. And you'll love this. He was a Protestant speaker who kind of had a crisis and went and spent a week at a monastery and sat with a priest. And the priest said, you should consider doing a sacred Mm -hmm. year. And this book is what came out of it. And it's everything from turning your phones off on the weekend or learning how to make bread because of just the slowing down and the process of being a part of what you're doing. So not that everybody has to go make bread now. But but if you want. I can send you some. Just even as I think of the book, it's like an exhale for me of, oh, yeah, Yeah. there's always things to be done. There are always things to be done, but they're not always the right thing. And, Mm -hmm. And making sure that we still, as you referenced earlier, are building a framework that is based on God's call for us versus just staying busy. Well said. I have a few secular and a couple more Christian book recommendations as well. I went through a phase where I read like every self-improvement and business book that existed because I just thought they were so interesting. But a few that I think stuck with me and are really applicable to this conversation about rhythms and being goal-oriented in a way that honors God's plan for our life and seeks out his plan for our life. There's a couple of secular books that I think are really applicable here. One is Essentialism by Greg McEwen. He, this is kind of the the concept of this book is to make the first thing, the first thing. And he, he makes Mm -hmm. one note in the book about the word primary. We'll talk about having, what are your priorities? Really in reality, a priority can't be plural because it means the first thing (laughs) you have a priority and then you have secondary, maybe goals, but kind of talks about being able to identify what is the essential part of anything that you're doing in your life and being able to kind of let the things that are ancillary to that or extraneous to that just fall away so you can focus on what matters in any circumstance. That was really helpful. Another one that I read when I was like 20 years old that really had an impact on me and helping me to set goals for myself is the book called Goals by Brian Tracy. And then Atomic Habits is another one that I think a lot of people have probably read that are listening because it's wildly popular, but it kind of gives the science of how we form habits. And we were talking about holy habits earlier in the show and how our our habits are either kind of imposed on us by going along with the external environment that we are in, or they are intentionally chosen. And I think Atomic Habits helped me to understand I need to be aware of the temptations that are going to come along and make me want to not stick to my goal. So how do I overcome those little things in order to create habits that are conducive to my goals? It was very helpful. Then from a spiritual perspective, we mentioned the book Habits of the Household by Jonathan Whitmell Early. 
And one more, I think it might be kind of along the lines of the sacred year that Joanna mentioned, but there's this book that I grew up with in my house, and it was just something that we kind of referenced regularly, and it's called The Year and Our Children by Mary Reed Newland. And this book, it goes through the Catholic liturgical calendar, but I know that there are a lot of non-Catholic brothers and sisters who follow a similar, if not identical, but similar liturgical rhythm in their lives. And she, it's just a really practical book of, you know, when you're celebrating Advent, here are some crafts you can do with your kids. And maybe you want to try this recipe. And here's a story you can read your kids on St. Patrick's Day. And here's who St. Valentine really was. So it just kind of goes through the year from beginning to end and gives parents ideas for how to like engage their kids in that liturgical celebration throughout the year. So some books that have, I like that. I'm going to have yeah. to get that. That sounds cool. And one more I thought of, if, if you're listening, you think, okay, well, that's great if you know where you're trying to go and you need to work on your rhythms. A, a resource that has been helpful for me, and I know a lot of people love it, Laura Casey's Cultivate What Matters. She does at the end of every year, but you can find the blog posts no matter when you hear this. She walks people through you know, five or six days of intensive reflection of what has worked this last year, what has not worked, and helping you... Say, where am I trying to go? And then you know, you can use some of these resources we talked about to say, okay, how do I create then the rhythms and the habits and that get me towards towards that intentional direction? Speaking of rhythms, we hope that you are, you know, getting in the rhythm of commenting and liking uh, and rating our podcast. Just add that in. Add that in if it's not there yet. Just just make it part of your every day. Find to... a new way to engage with wild and beautiful. Perfect. And then Everybody else will also join this great group of women and men who are seeking to live lives that are wild but beautiful.